Have you ever laughed at the idea of buying something to save money? Ever wondered if anyone ever really pays the suggested retail price? Been curious on how the value is determined in those online courses that if you act now, you can get the knowledge at a fraction of the cost? I mean, really, has anyone ever paid thousands of dollars for the same education? Consumer marketing is both an art and a science. Human motivation drives at the heart of most purchase decisions. Consumer marketing over the years has emphasized primarily one thing, the benefits for you as a buyer. Well, I'm not going to change that. What I am going to change is that when saving money is featured, it is actually saving money. Buying to save is exactly that. When you make a purchase, you put money away. Not just pennies, but dollars. Hopefully this video changes where and how you buy things as a consumer. For perhaps the first time in your life, you will jump at the opportunity to pay full retail price. I mean that. Meet Cash Savior. He is the money man. He shows you the financial benefits of belonging to a consumer cooperative. His goal throughout his series is to re-educate you on the difference between savings being less money spent and actually receiving savings. Something you can take to the bank years down the road. There's a big difference between the two. Let's start with the most obvious. Since we can remember, corporations have supplied consumers with products and services. Our legal system directs individuals to form corporations as a mechanism to avoid personal liability should a product or service cause damage. Corporate interests have always pulled at the heartstrings, some believe puppet strings, of governments. After all, supporting corporations is how we can maintain our lifestyle as a consumer. The cycle for business usually begins with an entrepreneur and a great idea. Soon a few more people join and a small company is formed. After some success, investors come in and shareholders are created. With success and hard work, the corporation goes public, and now anyone with money has an opportunity to become a shareholder in this success story. Wall Street thrives with such stories of success and failures. What this means for the consumer, however, is something different. In the beginning, when you purchased the entrepreneur's product, you supported the individual. As you continued to buy the products you loved, you supported a small company. You supported those people actively involved in delivering your products. Now investors came in and things changed. People outside the company with money came in to help finance company expansion. Now the small company has shareholders that require an annual return on their investment. For a consumer, this means either the price goes up or some of the benefits go down. After all, the entrepreneur never factored into the cost of the product having to pay investors in mind. Investors were normally friends and family members interested in sharing the profits of the successful company. Many perhaps fantasize about a time when the small company can be taken public because a situation like this could mean early retirement. Those investors on the ground floor of Amazon, Apple, or Microsoft are likely laughing all the way to the bank. It was easy. What happened to the consumer? Nothing, right? As a consumer, you continued to get the products you love. Have you ever thought, hey, wait a minute, that's my money from those purchases supporting those riches. Where's my cut? Of course not. You were happy just to get the product you needed or wanted, right? How much would it change your life if every time you made a purchase, 90% of the profit from the purchase became a direct benefit to you? Does paying 10% of the profit to an enterprise that delivered the product seem reasonable? Welcome to a consumer cooperative. 
Member capitalism replaces corporate shareholders with cooperative stakeholders. As a consumer, you become a private owner in this small street enterprise. Not only that, but a novel approach is used to fund the entire enterprise by borrowing money to create assets. This subject is covered in more detail in Cash's One Man's Debt video. For now, just know that our small street applied system requires that you pay the full retail price for any product or service. On every item you purchase, you will see listed a savings. This is the profit from buying the product in bulk and selling it to you as an individual. As part of the merchant group, you are able to decide what this really means. The cost of the product will remain somewhat constant based on the quantity purchased in bulk. However, based on the retail price, how much money you store away in the form of merit is subjective. Your merchant group decides. Here is how the merit value is allocated. As a buyer or consumer, 50% of the profit is placed into your individual savings account. A group savings account receives 40% of the profit. As mentioned before, 10% goes to pay the enterprise for producing and delivering the product. How this buying process actually works is more like a cooperative. As a group, you must decide exactly what products or services to offer and at what price. More importantly, your group decides the minimum group order quantity. Cost is an important factor in determining profit, so the small street system handles this in a unique manner. Every item has a buy this button. Consider it a pre-order system. Basically, your group decides to purchase something based on demand. When a certain order quantity is reached, purchase made. Every item is pre-sold before ever committing to the actual purchase. The Dole Savior video series concerning distribution is an excellent way to get a better understanding of this portion of the buying process. Now let's get back to money for the moment. So, as a consumer and a stakeholder, you made a purchase and the profits were given to you in a merit value. Max explains the merit value concept well in his There's Merit in This video. What I want to go back to is paying the retail price. Small Street operates on a funding mechanism fully explored in the Cash Says One Man's Debt video. For now, I just want to provide you the fundamental concept of borrowing money to create an asset. As a consumer, we have been conditioned to borrow money when we don't have it. We have grown to understand that debt is bad, but needed to at least buy a house or a car, right? Let me clue you in on a little known secret. One man's debt is another man's asset. Best example I can give you is when you put money in the bank, do you have an asset or a debt? Hopefully you said asset. What does the bank have? A debt, right? They owe you the money back. What does a bank do with the money you gave them? Most of you likely said invest it or provide loans. Who earns the interest off these loans? The bank. But wait, that was your money they used, right? Where's your cut? Doesn't happen. Banks operate on something called a fractional reserve system. In a nutshell, banks will loan 90% of the deposits, keeping 10% as a reserve. Now, I'm going to keep this very simple. When you deposit money in the bank, the bank loans up to 90% to others. Why not ask for 70% yourself and leave the bank 20% that can loan to whomever they wish? If you put $100 in the bank, borrow 70, the bank still owes you 30. You've never done this before because you've never been taught how something like this works until now. If you would like to know more about this concept, please watch the One Man's Debt video. I want to move you along to how you get paid in member capitalism. 
please continue with the next Cash Says All Around 5 Up 5 Down video. Also, please like this video and register as a beta tester if you haven't done so by clicking one or both buttons below. Again, this is Coach Tom. Time is valuable. Thank you for your investment. You're awesome.